I am fascinated with Ireland and all things Irish. My dad was born in Belfast, so it's in my DNA. I can't help myself. And I remember my first trip to Belfast just a couple of years after the Troubles began. The Troubles were between the North and the South, between nationalist and loyalist, between Protestant and Catholic. On that trip, we had rented a car and we were driving through the center of the city of Belfast on the way to visit my relatives. When coming down the street in the opposite direction, rode a tank. And I'm telling you, it's a little bit of frightening when you see a tank coming at you down the center of town. But apparently, a restaurant had been blown up during the night. And so the military had been called in for protection in the city. Because of these troubles, people began building walls in Belfast. As of today, there are still dozens standing. Some are as high as 50 feet. They are built in different layers. Brick, then corrugated iron, then steel mesh, then barbed wire. Each layer marks the history of the community riots, like growth rings on a tree. With each new clash between the sides, another layer was added. Here's the irony, guess what they call them? They call them peace walls. And now local artists have painted murals on them. People come to gawk at them. The world slowly drives by and stops for a photo opportunity. And the walls remain, even though the troubles are over. Presbyterian minister was in Belfast for a conference on peace, and he, he asked the local government official when the government would remove the walls. And he replied that neither the local government nor the Irish national government would remove them. That will have to come from the people who live near the walls, he said, and that will happen when they feel safe. Right now, they still don't feel safe. People build walls to keep people out and to keep people in. They build walls when they don't feel safe. But it's not just physical walls we humans erect. We build emotional walls that keep us in and others out. We build walls when we've been hurt, when we've been wounded, we build them to protect ourselves from pain. Walls act as an armor. They fall in the heart. And the longer we leave them up, the more fearful and hardened and alienated we become. We are hard to reach. We are hard to connect to. We are hard to communicate with. That's what walls do. The author Jim Rohn said, the walls we build around us to keep the sadness out also 
keep the joy out. And that's something to think about. When you wall out pain, you also wall out joy. Thinking about walls reminded me of a poem by Robert Frost that we had to read for freshman English, and I'm sure many of you did too. It's called Mending Wall. It's a story of two New England farmers who go out each spring to mend the rock wet fences that have fallen down once in the winter. They do it every spring under the belief that good fences make good neighbors. But this particular spring, one farmer is beginning to question this long-held assumption that good walls make good neighbors. As they work their respective sides of the fence, wearing their fingers raw with the rocks, he begins to reason, he is all pine and I am all apple orchard. My apple trees will never get across and eat the cones under his pines. Why is it that we need to build these fences back every spring? The poem goes on to say, before I built a wall, I'd ask to know, what am I walling in or walling out? And to whom I am like to give an offense? For something there is that doesn't love a wall that wants it down. Something or someone. In reading today's gospel, it's clear that Jesus doesn't love a wall, that he wants it down. In speaking to the Samaritan woman at the well, he breaks down several walls. He breaks down the wall between the Jews and the Samaritans. A wall of hatred, distrust, and resentment that both sides have been nursing for generations. He breaks down the gender wall, the wall that says a man was not to have a conversation, much less a theological conversation in public with a woman. And he breaks down the wall of the purity code, the law that says a Jew accepting a drink from a Samaritan would become ritually unclean. And being seen with a woman who had had so many husbands and was now living with a man who was not her husband would also render the Jew unclean. Someone there is that doesn't love a wall, that wants it down. The kids of Belfast don't love a wall either. With the help of the Peace Prayers International, the Catholic kids from St. Clair Primary and the Protestant kids from Glenwood School, all aged 8 to 11, have taken the 500-yard walk to the other side of the wall to each other's schools to play basketball and to take classes together on the topic of community relations. The Samaritan woman didn't love a wall either. After realizing that Jesus is the Messiah, she breaks down a wall and takes the good news to the very people who had rejected and shunned her. That's why she was drawing water by herself at the well. It's usually a community task, but because she'd been shunned, she had to draw water by herself. Someone there is that doesn't love a wall, that wants it down. I hear today's gospel calling us to do the same. 
I hear Jesus calling us to risk letting our guard down, chip away at the concrete around our hearts. I hear us being challenged to begin to question, as Robert Frost did, why we ever began building the wall in the first place. It's not a very easy challenge, but I don't remember Jesus ever saying that following him is a piece of cake. Sometimes it's hard, and sometimes it's scary. But it's what we are called to do if we want to live the Christian life. John Ortberg, the evangelical Christian author and senior pastor at Menlo Park Presbyterian Church, put it this way. People would rather debate doctrine or beliefs or tradition or interpretation than actually do what Jesus said. It's not rocket science. Just go do it. Practice loving a difficult person. Or try giving someone. Give away some money. Tell someone thank you. Encourage a friend. Bless an enemy. Say I'm sorry. Worship God. And I would add, begin taking down Who is the one or ones on the other side of your wall? Begin praying for them right now. Begin taking that wall down one rock at a time. Someone there is that doesn't love a wall, that wants it down. And he's asking you to start right now. Amen.